Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. How's everyone this morning? Even though the rain, I still have joy. Praise God for you. This on? It's not on? Testing? Testing? All right, here we go. Here we go. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning... If you'll turn with me to Luke 10, put your finger about the 17th verse. I am Richard Graham. Uh, I was born and raised in Long Beach, California. Just give you a short testimony. Um, I was raised up uh, in an area where it was gang infested. Um, I decided that I was going to leave that area and join the military. I uh, joined the military about uh, 1984. Um, uh, traveled the world, praise God, got saved at the age of 35. Uh, God saved me from myself, amen, and from this world, from the devil, amen, and from a hell. And uh, praise God for that, amen. Uh, I've been in ministry over 19 years now, pastor, two churches, uh, praise God, now evangelizing, and I'm here with you this morning, praise the Lord, amen. But before we get started, amen, I want to I wanna tell you, sister, <laughs> The things that you're worried about, God knows that you, you're worried, you're concerned. Mankind don't like change. It's just something that's in us that we don't like to change. And change is coming. You can feel it. It's almost like, you know, that uh, 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 something that's supernatural that's happening. And, and it's like it's brewing, it's, it's stewing inside. And God says, don't worry about that. There's nothing that you can do about that. But one thing you can do is pray and you can believe in him. Seek you first the kingdom of heaven. Okay, first, okay, and it's righteousness, everything else will be added onto you. And God wants you to know he's in this with you, okay? So do not worry. Amen. Let's pray for our sister, amen. Amen. May I pray for you? Father in heaven, I pray for our sister this day, God, that you, God, speak to her, God, give her comfort, God. You're the author of our faith, oh, Father in heaven, and we lift you up this day. God bless her, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give God praise. Oh, we're going to have a good time this week. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, one thing, I don't like snakes personally. I don't know about you. I just, I just don't have this thing for snakes. I don't, I don't get people that, that, you know, like snakes. I just don't get it, you know. Uh, they like pythons and, and all these other, you know, uh, 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 different types of uh, snakes that they keep, you know, in, in these tanks and things. I, I, don't, I don't do snakes. I had a friend, this guy, he named this snake Baby Dumpling. And, you know, and, and he would always, you know, carry the snake everywhere he went. You know, he even let me use his car and, and forgot he left the snake in the car. I was like, dude, I'm done. I don't want to use your car no more because <laughs> I, I, I don't like snakes. You know, doing research on snakes, one of the baddest snakes in the world is this black mamba. 
You know, you know, I mean, it's, they call him the black death. You know, the inside of his mouth is, is black, you know, very, very poisonous. You know, if he bites you, you better believe you, you're going to go meet Jesus. <laughs> and I just, I, I don't like snakes. I was in Malaysia not too long ago. And, you know, Malaysia, they have, you know, these newspapers. Uh, they're in English. The, the main uh, language there is English. Of course, they have Cantonese and, and other different languages, nationality of people that's there. But most parts they speak in English. So I grabbed the newspaper. I begin to read. I just want to know, you know, what's, what these people are talking about in their country. And so I'm reading the paper, and I came against, uh, across this story. This man, he was in his living room, and he, he heard this noise inside of his bathroom. And he, he says he had a cat, that this cat kept running in and out of the bathroom, you know. And he says, you know, I need to go investigate this to see what this is. And so he goes into the bathroom. And what he finds is a snake coming up halfway out of a drainage that was in the floor. It got caught uh, trying to come through the hole of the drainage. And, and he's making this noise. Come to find out it was a cobra. You know, if you've ever been to, you know, that area uh, of the world, it's very, like, jungle-like. You know, it's very thick rainforest type. And, and, and you know, you, you could tell there's stuff like that that's out there, those vipers and, and, and cobras and things of that nature. So what the man did is he called the authorities. They came in, they got the snake, and they took it away and put it back in his correct habitat. I don't like snakes. I just want you to understand this. Amen. You know, as uh, Christians, amen, we can come against these serpents and snakes in our own lives. I'm talking about spiritual issues. Praise God. Yes, uh, I'm saved. Uh, I'm washed by the blood of Jesus Christ uh, and all of this. So, Pastor, why do I have to deal with these snakes? But snakes and serpents, amen, we have to deal with. So where do they come from, Pastor? I'm glad you asked this morning. Praise God. I'm going to try to help you out. Amen. Uh, the Bible tells us in James 4, it says, where do wars come from? It says, amen, uh, you, and you fight uh, among you, and, and do they not come from your desires and pleasure that war in your members? So here it is. Uh, the Bible is telling us uh, that there are some things that go on inside of you and I. Even as Christians, these things are coming against us and that are going on. I, I was in Los Mochis, Mexico, and this guy, he comes up to me after the service. People are still in church fellowship. And, and the pastor, he says, I, I want you to pray for me. I've been having some problems with fear and, and, and uh, things of this nature, and, and I, I, I just need your prayer. And so I begin to pray for this guy. I had an interpreter, of course. I'm praying for him, and some things begin to happen in this guy. He's beginning to, you know, like begin to jerk and, 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 and bark and, and, you know, making all these growling noises as I'm praying for this guy. Everybody's in church. They're watching this. Come to find out that this guy used to be a pastor. And now, you know, he's dealing with these things. What happened is he opened a door into his life, uh, and this serpent came into his life, uh, amen, and began to uh, torment him. We cast this thing out right there. The people of God was able to see that. I began to think about that, you know, and, and as I'm thinking about it, I went to Nogales, Mexico, and I found another person just like that. It was a woman. This woman, she's the last person I pray for in the evening, uh, she comes up uh, uh, to me and she can you pray for me? She doesn't want to tell me what the problem is. No problem. I'll pray for you anyway. 
And so I'm praying for her, and the same thing. This woman, she's growling. We're on the ground praying for her. the assistant pastor and the pastor himself. Uh, we're praying for this woman. Uh, the people in church, they're watching this thing going, this woman is a Christian. She's dressed. She's ready for a Sunday church, all of this. But she has some issues on the inside of her. She opened some doors. That's why I want to talk about these things this morning, these spiritual things that we open doors to, that we should take maintenance of spiritually. Let's read, amen, in Luke 10. Jesus, he's dealing with his disciples, but he's telling them that I've given you authority. In verse, uh, uh, chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Then the, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Let's pray. Father, I come to you by the blood of Jesus Christ. God, these are your people, Father. I hide behind your cross. There's nothing good that's in this man, Lord. God, that you receive all the glory, God, and all the praise, God, this week. Father, I pray, speak to them, God, multitudes. Help them, God, in their walk with you. God, we bless your name this morning. And God's people said, amen, amen. amen. You know, you and I, we, we have to, amen, put the word of God inside of us. We have to protect ourselves against the enemy. There's an enemy that's out there, and he doesn't like you. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like me. He doesn't like our kids. He don't even like the fact that we even, you know, serve a God that we do. And so he comes against us, and he'll try anything he can to get an edge, to try to get on the inside, to disrupt some things that, that are in our lives and in our hearts. There's a man by the name of Bruce Lee. I don't know if you know him. But he wrote this, and I thought it was interesting. He says, uh, uh, if nothing within you stay rigid, the outward things will become manifest to you. And what he's saying is that there's something that got to be on the inside of you that's strong, that's rigid, that's a foundation. And I want to tell you that's the word of God. And David, he says, amen, that, that the word of God is hidden inside of, of his heart. And you and I, as we begin to study the word, as we begin to come to church and hear the preaching, amen, we need to allow the word of God to become a foundation to us that whenever we go through certain situations of life that we can refer back, amen, to the word of God and to test different things. You know, people say, you can't judge me. Why you judge me? But you know what? God made us as judges. And we judge people or, or spirits, amen, uh, by the word of God. You know, there's a proper way of judging. You know, we, Tupac, you know, the world can't judge me. Well, you know what? You need to judge something because there's, uh, there's things that are out there that, that wants to hurt you and I. I like this uh, Pastor Campbell, he wrote. He says, uh, the sin that you don't judge is the sin that will come back and bite you. Amen. So here, amen, what are our, our enemies? Our enemies is the world. You know, the enemies uh, of our lives, amen, is our flesh. And, and it's also the devil. You know, I, I don't have a problem with, you know, the world or the devil. God has given me authority over that. 
You know, I mean, the devil, if I see some, you know, crooked coming up, I'm going to definitely, you know, cast that thing out, take authority over it. You know, as the world is trying to, you know, influence me in a certain way, and, and I'm not with that, I, I'm going to definitely judge that right there. But my problem, amen, is my flesh. See, my flesh have a whole different agenda. I know you're sitting here this morning, amen, praise God for you to come out on this wonderful rainy morning to hear the word of God. But I want to tell you, amen, that you also have a flesh problem. Hallelujah. We all got a flesh problem. Hallelujah. I'm not worried about the world. I'm worried about me. Because, you know, I know I have the propensity to do something that I should not do. There's things that are always coming through my mind. It's trying to work its way inside of my heart. I'm sure you feel this very same thing. And if we're not careful this morning, that we'll begin to open doors to things that shouldn't open doors to. Here's a question for you this morning. What have you opened a door to? Or is there something that you struggle with and you don't even realize, you know, why you're struggling with? Could it be a family curse? You know, my, I was visiting my cousin a couple weeks ago. And my family, we... We have this thing, my, our, our parents, you know, he's my first cousin, so our parents, you know, have this thing about love. There was no love taught in the house. They don't even know how to love. You know, my, my parents, my mom, uh, his dad, they don't, love is just not, you know, it's, boy, you better do what I tell you to do. I don't care about love. You better respect me. And that's the way we was raised, you know, and all. And so we were talking about this, and, and he told me, he says, you know, he says, I've been praying against this for a while. He says, I believe it's a family curse. There was a door open, and a serpent came in uh, uh, generations ago. And so he began to talk about, you know, our great-great-grandfather uh, that actually was an African man that came off a boat. Uh, and he was a slave, and then he was set free. Well, because of all of the slavery and things that went on in those days, he didn't know anything about love. And so what he did is he brought that into the family. And here we are in this generation. We're dealing with our kids and this family curse. We have to break this thing. We have to take authority over this thing. I know we like to think, you know, that everybody in our past and our family, that they were good people. But maybe they were not. Maybe they just did not know. My family didn't go to church. They worked on a farm. And you know, in a country where there was no laws or nothing like that. So lawlessness abounded. And this curse, uh, it was a door open. Maybe there is a door open in your life. Maybe there's habits that you deal with. You know, habits of, I'm just going to get real today, uncleanness, lewdness. Maybe there's a sexual sin or two that you deal with in your life. And it's normal, you may think, you know, everybody else, look at the world. I can do this. It's going to, what I do is not, you know, that bad, but maybe it is. Maybe it is a door open where you don't have that peace, that you're struggling even with a sickness because the door is open. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's contention that you love to argue. You ever met people that just love to argue? <laughs> You know, you're trying to be nice. You're trying everything in your, your might to be nice to them. But, man, every time, you know, they come up and they want to argue about, you know, man, it's raining outside. <laughs> you ever met people like that? Hatred. Oh, my God. You know, I didn't even know how bad hatred was until I got saved. Bitterness. People are twisted. I pray for people that are twisted because of this spirit. 
they're bitter against a brother, sister, or mother, father, or whoever. The spirit, they open a door. You see, I'm speaking to the church because this very thing, it happens inside of the church. And see, every sin has a root to it. So I'm speaking in this way because I want to get down to the very root of this thing. I want to take the word of God, uh, amen, and as an axe and begin to chop at that root so you can have some peace in your heart and in your life. I'm praying for a young girl in Los Mochis, Mexico. She comes to me and it looked like she was in a fight. And, uh, you know, her face is swollen, her eyes are swollen, nose is swollen red, uh, and all of this. And she, what it is, she have chronic allergies. And she tells me, Pastor, I haven't had peace that I can't even remember. She's a young girl. She's probably in her early 20s. And so I'm asking a different question. It was the spirit of fear she opened the door to. And so I began to pray for her. I told her, I said, when you go home, I want you to pray over your house, uh, over the room that you sleep in, uh, and then come back and talk to me tomorrow. I'm going to tell you, honestly, I prayed for the young lady and I forgot about her. The next night she came to church, and she came and she stood before me after the service. I didn't even recognize her. That's how much of a change that happened, that God delivered her from this thing because it was a door open and the serpent got in and began to torment her. But she took authority. She cast that thing out. We dealt with the root of that very problem. And now she's set free. I've seen her months after that. And she was still set free. Hallelujah. Listen, maybe you're going through something and you're not set free. See, Jesus, amen, he came to not just, you know, chop at the branches of your life, the little sins and different things in your life, you know, that you may struggle with. Amen. But he wants to get down to that very root. He wants to extract that thing out because he wants you to be free. Listen to what the Bible says in John 8.36. It says, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be in free indeed. He says you shall. It's not no maybe. You know, some of us read the Bible and we're like, ah, well, you know, maybe that's not for me. Well, ah, that's the Old Testament, you know. Ah, that was the, you know, the disciples back in them days. That's not for me. Yes, it is for you. It's for every Christian. Amen. We need to believe the word of God. Do you believe God's word this morning? So why do we allow these serpents inside of our temple, inside of our house? That's the title of this sermon. Amen. Serpents in the house. Why do we allow that to happen? And see, God, amen, he wants us to understand that we do let things into our lives, inside of our hearts. Here's a scripture I want you to, to actually, you could turn to it if you will, if you put it up on the screen, however that you guys do it here. But I want you to mark this down. I just actually found this scripture this morning. I'm in prayer in a room back there. And I found a scripture. I was like, man, this is interesting. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 6 through 11. Listen to what it says. It says, now these things became our examples to intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. He's talking about the people of, of the Old Testament, children of Israel. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now, the Bible is talking about the children of Israel. 
that when uh, they were were actually set free, they came across uh, the Red Sea, it was parted and all of this. Uh, Moses went up in the mountains. Uh, the Bible talks about the people of God, that, that they turned their hearts and they rose up to play. Now, when the Bible says that they rose up to play, they it wasn't like they was playing, you know, tiddlywinks. It means that they rose up to play in an immoral, immoral manner that was not right. And so it goes to say, uh, nor let us commit sexual immorality, as uh, some of them did. And in one day, 20, 23,000 failed. Talk about 23,000 God judged and he killed them all out there in the desert. Nor let us uh, uh, tempt Christ. So uh, some of them also tempted. Listen to this. And were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain. As some of them also complain. And were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as an example. So God, amen, let that happen. Now he's bringing it to, amen, to the day. And he wants us to look back on the scripture. And he's saying, listen, this was an example for you. That these people, they had these issues. And now I sent serpents to them because they were dis, disobedient. Are you disobedient? Amen. Maybe, you know, the serpent uh, that you deal with is not, you know, you know, physical that you're dealing with, you know, health issues. Or maybe it's not, you know, just something, you know, that that you're dealing with, you know, uh, spiritually, if, if I will. But maybe it might be a heaviness that's on you. Maybe you just can't find that joy that you once had. You know, when you first get saved, man, there's a joy over your life, man. That's oh, my God. You know, when I first got saved, I'm going to tell you, I ran the first six months, uh, amen, in a Holy Ghost honeymoon. Oh, man, I woke up in the morning, oh, Jesus today. You know, go to bed, Jesus tonight. You know, Jesus every moment. But then I began, you know, to live life. And I'm like, man, you know, things are changing. You know, God is allowing different things and allowing me, you know, to make decisions in my life. Hallelujah. The grace of God was on me those first six months. But now God is now, now you got to be able to try some things and make some decisions. We make the wrong decisions, we can open doors. You know, Saul, King Saul, he could have made some right decisions. But the Bible says that he didn't make those right decisions. If you know the story about Saul, here he was a king. God chose him as a king over the people. He was tall, he was a handsome Israelite. Uh, God made him a king for the people and all of this. Uh, but then, you know, when he was little in his eyes, he was okay. Uh, but now he's a king, uh, his heart began to change. And now, you know, God, he's, he's placed his spirit upon him uh, that when he's by himself, uh, that there's a heaviness that's on him. He had to get David, uh, the young shepherd boy, to come in and begin to play his lyre in order to calm him down. He needed someone anointed to, to entertain him so he can have some peace. You know, if you're living in, in disobedience, if you allow these serpents to come into your heart, you won't have no peace. Can I say that this morning? It's almost like, you know, a grievance that's going on in your life. Or, or can I say, uh, you, have you ever had problems with being, you know, discouraged? Man, why am I always by myself and I just feel so bad? There's nothing actually happened. You just feel so bad. You're just so discouraged and dismayed with life. You're never happy about anything. But the question is, is 
Where was the door open in your life? Where did that serpent come in? That serpent is beginning to squeeze. He's hungry. I'm going to tell you, sin this morning is never, it's never filled. See, sin has an appetite, believe it or not. I was reading a story about this woman. She had a pet snake. I hate snakes. This woman, she had this pet python, you know, and she got him when he was a little bitty thing, put him in, you know, this little container, you know, and, and she watched him raise, uh, watched him grow. And so she would feed him. She loved to get him little mice and place a mouse inside of the, the tank and, and watch this thing, you know, attack the mouse and, and devour the mouse. And, and you know, as uh, time went on, this thing, it got bigger and bigger. So now she's buying rabbits. And she's putting rabbits in. She, man, she loved to watch this thing. My baby is eating. <laughs> you know, this thing got so big, she had to buy piglets. You know, buy the little piglet and put the pig inside of the cage and watch this thing wrap a pig up and, you know, uh, suffocate it and then, you know, begin to swallow it. And she loved to watch that. She, the, my baby's eating a pork steak. <laughs> she went and bought a pig. And she placed this thing inside of the cage some time later. And the story goes that this woman watched this pig run across this cage for weeks. And this serpent had never did eat this pig. And so she said, my, my baby is sick. I have to do something. I'll take it to the doctor. And said, take a snake to the doctor. Something is wrong here. And so she takes this serpent to a veterinarian. Veterinarian is like, what you bringing your snake here for me for? You know, I, bring me a horse, a dog, a cat. You know, don't bring me no snakes. <laughs> but nevertheless, you know, I'm an animal doctor. I'll check this thing out for you. So he did some research and all of this. And come to find out, he says, listen, ma'am. He says, there's nothing wrong with your snake. So what's happening is your snake is fasting because there's something bigger that he wants to eat. He don't want to eat that little piglet no more. He wants something bigger. And she's like, my God, what could it be that he wants to eat that's bigger? <laughs> and she thought about it. She said, it's me. This thing is waiting, is fasting, and it wants to eat me. Listen, let, me let, let me tell you something. Sin is like that. You may think, you know, you have this dominion over your sin of what you're doing right now. I haven't been caught. You know, nobody knows about this but me. But I'm going to tell you, when this thing is full grown, uh, that it's going to kill you. Maybe it's not a physical death. Maybe it is a spiritual death. Where I was talking about that you had this honeymoon and you love Jesus, but now your heart is cold against the things of Jesus. You know, it was hard for you to get out of bed this morning, despite of the rain. But now you didn't even want to come to church. But one time, they couldn't keep you from the church. Could it be that serpent that you've given yourself to? I asked a question, amen. Why do sheep hang out with serpents and pigs? I, don't, I never understood that. The people of God. Why do we open doors? Why do we make ourselves unequally yoked? Amen. Because, you know, we could become unequally yoked with people that we hang out with. Some people are vipers and, and, and scorpions and, 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 and all of this, amen. Some people are just like that. I'm talking about your buddies. You know, you're trying to live for God, but, man, they love the brewski, man. 
They always want you to come. Come on, man, let's have a party. Even today, you know, you got a phone call this morning. Hey, man, after you get out of church, man, come on and watch the game with me, man. We're going to get hooked up. <laughs> I think that was for someone this morning. <laughs> let's get high. Oh, meth. I love meth. You know, <laughs> whatever your vice might be. Maybe it's just being promiscuous. Maybe that's a problem. Here's a scripture that the Bible speaks about. You probably didn't even know it was in the Bible. But it's there and it's very clear in 2 John 1, 10 and 11. It says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, John is talking about the Bible. Do not receive him into your house nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. That should save all of us up in this camp. You know, we need to watch out who we hang with. Amen. I, I understand there's family members and all of that. You know, they're unsaved. Praise God for that. It has its place and all of that. You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about folks, man, that are always trying to get you to do the things that you shouldn't be doing. And you think about it. You know, man, maybe I just, just a little bit. How about maybe not at all? God can help us in, in that. Or here's another issue right here. I've seen this many times with Christians. Christian people, come on, man. We always think, you know, that we can handle it. We can fix the problem our own self. You know, the, the, our sin problem, you know, these serpents that may be inside. Don't worry about it. I can take care of it. it, it it's going to be fine. I, I got this. Let me tell you something. You don't got this. If it wasn't for what Jesus did on the cross and, and the, the next couple of days that he rose from the grave, I'm going to tell you something. You wouldn't have nothing at all. But because of what he did, amen, for you and I, give us that authority that we're able to have victory. But see, the problem is that some of us don't utilize the victory that was given to us. Mm. <laughs> I don't like snakes. I'm in clean Texas. And uh, some time ago, and, and I'm I'm getting up out of bed. The night before, I took my uniform off. I was in the Army. I took my uniform off. I threw it on the floor, got in the bed. Got to get up early the next morning, you know, go to work. And so I got up. I went and got a fresh uniform. I put it on, but I, I missed my wallet. I'm like, man, where's my wallet at, man? I'm looking for this thing and looking. Man, it's inside of my old pair of pants I put on the floor. So I walk over the side of bed. I picked up my pants. And when I picked it up, guess what was under it? That's right. It was a snake under, coiled up under my pants, man. The very first thing I did was I screamed, ah! I jumped up on my bed. My wife, she rose like the dead. Dong. What's wrong with you, man? I said, baby, it's a snake. She was like, you better get that snake out of here. She went back to sleep. I'm like, girl, you're supposed to be helping me. Let me get up in the bed. You'll get the snake. <laughs> so I took some Stacy Adams and, you know, I, that I had in the closet. I, I throw this thing. I broke the snake's back. You can tell because you can't move. You know, you break a back or the spinal cord or anything. It won't be able to paralyze. So I broke his back. And so I took a broom and I swept him out the house. I took care of it at that time. Listen, this is what the service tonight, today is about. There's some things that's inside of you that God wants you Amen, to take care of. And he's speaking on some things that, that you need to take care of. Hallelujah. But see, we have this problem. I could fix it myself. Now, the same house that I was in, it was months later. 
you know, my, my, my supervisor, he let me off work early. You know, we had this thing back in the day called sergeant time on Thursday afternoons. And so I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm getting off early. It's hot. It's summertime. Texas ain't no joke. I, I know it get hot and it get humid here. But let me tell you something. 104 degrees is 104 degrees no matter what. <laughs> and so it's a hundred, hundred so degrees. And, and so I'm glad I get off work. No kids. They're not at home. My wife ain't at home. I'm going to get me a big old glass of Kool-Aid. Just chill out in the AC, uh, you know, by myself and relax. You know, I'm tired. All of this. Uh, I went and got my Kool-Aid. I got my short pants on, man, my flip flops. Uh, and I began to walk into the living room. You know what I'm saying? I'm singing my song. God is great. <laughs> you know, got me some time off. You know, I'm chilling out. But out of the corner of my eye, I seen something move. You know, I'm like, man, what is that, a shadow goblin or something? You know, so you ever seen something that move out the corner of your eye? You're like, <laughs> you know, so I looked and it was nothing there. I was like, ah, I'm tripping. <laughs> and, and so I begin to walk into the living room and, and then they did it again, man. And I looked and guess what it was? I hate snakes, man. I seen that thing and I screamed, ah! <laughs> I jumped up on the counter in the kitchen and I called my friend. I said, Hey, come over to the house, man. I got a snake in my, he thought I was playing. Oh man, cut it out, man. You're just trying to get me to come over to the house, man. I said, no, 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 man. I got a snake and I need some help to get this thing out before my wife get home from work. And so he's like, I'll be there in a minute. He take his sweet time. He gets to the house, you know, knocks on the door. I come in, man. I'm still on the counter. <laughs> I ain't moving, man. <laughs> so, he comes in the house, he's like, okay, where this snake at? You know, I said, dude, this thing crawled up under the stove, man. Somewhere he's in the stove. And so he's like, let me check this out. So he, <laughs> he looks behind the stove, right? And when he looked behind the stove, this thing got to the top of the stove somehow and stuck his head out of a crack. It looked at him and did like this. <laughs> you know what he did? He said, snake! He jumped up on the counter with me. So now we're both sitting on the counter. We're trying to plan this thing, man. We, man, we got to fix this. You know, we got to get the snake out of here. You know, my wife finally get up. We just sat on the counter for two hours, my wife. <laughs> she comes home. She says, what are you fools doing up on my counter? <laughs> Y'all got to meet my wife. <laughs> Gee, you better get off my counter. <laughs> this girl. I was like, baby. I said, it's a snake in the house. She was like, you know what? You better get that snake out the house. I was like, see, uh, here she go again. So she goes upstairs. She, she's taking care of business. So I'm sitting there. I told my friend, I said, listen. I said, we got to get this thing out of here, man. I said, I'm going to grab the broom. And what we're going to do, let's just turn the stove up to about 500 degrees. <laughs> and see what happened. You know, if he comes out from under the stove, I'll put this broomstick on him, man. Maybe I could break his back, too. So I cut the stove up. He's still on the counter. I'm standing in front of the stove. I'm waiting for this thing to come out, man. I'm waiting away. You know how you can hear the stove go tick, tick, tick as it gets hotter and hotter? This thing is ticking. It's already 104 degrees outside, man. I'm sweating bullets, man, in the kitchen. You know, I'm already scared, too, because the snake, he might come out, man. I don't know how. He might have an attitude, you know, when he come, come from under that stove. And all of a sudden, I said, man. I smell chicken. <laughs> Snakes smell like chicken, man. I said, for sure, man, we'd have cooked that bad boy. 
you know, I cut the oven down. I called the authorities anyway. I'm like, hey, man, y'all come over, see if you could get this snake out of the house. I began to try to break down my stove, you know. I can, I'm going to fix this myself. I'm breaking down the stove, you know, little by little. The guy comes in. He 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 looks like a wild native guy, man, from, you know, Australia somewhere, you know. <laughs> you know, he's got, where's, where's the snake, mate? <laughs> I'm like, he's somewhere in the stove, man. You know, so finally he, he gets down in the stove. He pulls the snake out. It's probably, you know, a foot long or two. You know, but he's stiff, man. The snake is like. And he burnt to the crisp, man. He's burnt, man. But he takes it and he places it outside of the house. You know, I'll go back later. I said, I'm going to try to fix this stove, man. I lived there for five more years after that, and I never could get that thing back together the way it was before I took it apart. You, when you begin to mess with stuff in your life, you know, the, your, your sins, and you're trying to fix it yourself, you're never going to be able to put that thing back together like it was. You have to go to the creator. You have to, be to the, go to the one who made you, the one who saved you and cleaned you up in order to get that thing fixed because you just can't do it on your own. And there's some this morning, there's some issues in your life, amen, that you, you need to get fixed. You need Jesus to come and help you put that thing back together so you can have that joy once again. I thought about something else, too, about cutting up the heat, you know, on that serpent, you know, 500 degrees. You know, God has given us authority over serpents and scorpions. You know, he placed the Holy Spirit inside of us. If you're not saved in this place, I encourage you, you should get saved. I'm not talking about a religious thing, you know, where you go to church and people miming and, and, and flags and all of this and get this good, you know, religious feeling. But I'm talking about that the spirit of God is living inside of you. The Holy Ghost is living inside of you. We're going to talk about more about the Holy Ghost. Amen. this week. And let me tell you something. When you turn the heat up of the Holy Ghost, man, them serpents are going to go running. They're going to be trying to get up out of there. Them, them devils, amen, they don't want nothing to do with someone who's spirit-filled and have the Holy Ghost burning inside of them. See, Jesus has given us authority. Christians, listen to me. We have authority. And see, Paul, he talks about this in Romans six fourteen. He says, for sin do not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but you're under grace. See, sin has a dominion. And if you allow that thing to take dominion over, it'll swallow you whole. But see, we have the authority to cast that thing out, hallelujah, where we can have peace, where we can have that joy of Jesus Christ. You, know, you ever seen somebody, amen, that, that is saved and you can look in their eyes and you'd be like, that brother or sister right there is saved. See, they figure this thing out. See, they deal with the same thing that you and I deal with. But see, they taking dominion over those serpents and scorpions that are in their lives. And now, you know, they can experience that true joy. That true salvation that God has given us. That's why, amen, Jesus took sin and he put it on the cross. He nailed it to the cross. Think about that. He pent that thing to the cross so we can have that peace. Not just that, but he's given us authority over it. That this thing can't come in and take dominion over us. Listen to 1 John 4. I'm getting ready to close. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Amen. The spirit of God, amen, has given you such a dominion. And he's given you the authority. And you think about the authority of a king. He's given you that type of authority. Hallelujah. 
that anything that's in the demonic, that when it comes against you, that you can speak to that thing and put that thing in its right place, that it doesn't have to have that dominion over you. I was speaking to Pastor Larry Mitchell. Amen. He's a pastor. Where is he? In Hampton? Newport News. Amen. He used to be my pastor. And so he, he's telling me, you know, this story a couple of years ago. And he says, listen, he says, I, I moved to a different house. It's a nice house. He says, there's a river that runs behind the house, you know. He says, I went to my garage, you know, one day when we moved in. And I was going to do some work out there. And, man, when I walked in there, it was a water moccasin. The snake was in my garage. He says, this thing, look, you ever, you ever dealt with a water moccasin, a cotton mouth? Man, his mouth is completely white. And, and when, he, when he hiss at you, you can smell the poison. It smells like ammonia, like strong ammonia. He says, this thing hissed at me, man. And he says, immediately this fear came over me, man. It was like I almost couldn't move. You know, I was like, man, this thing is going to get me. And then he says, I, I thought about something, man. I, I grabbed the nearest tool, and, you know, put it in my hand, a shovel, axe, whatever it was. He says, and then all of a sudden, at one stroke, he said, I cut his head off. I said, you know what? God has given us that kind of authority. That when that serpent, he tries to get in or he try to creep in, you know, serpents are sneaky. You know, they can try to they get into a place and they can be there for days. You don't even know they're there. You know, the devil, he's like that. You don't even know that. And then one day he just manifests. He come up and, yeah, man, he cut this thing head off. He said, man, I took that thing. He took a shovel, picked it up, and I took it on the perimeter of my, my yard, and I put it over the fence. He said, I had, had no more problem with that thing. Listen, there's some today. You got problems. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? You got issues. We people, man. We give ourselves the things. We do things. But one thing for sure, that God, amen, he wants you to have that peace, and he wants you to have that joy. He wants you to have that dominion, even this morning. If you're not saved in this place, I'm going to tell you something. You could do a complete 180. And not anything that you do, but just simply give your heart to Jesus. God, I trust you. When I said a prayer 19 years ago, I didn't even know what I was praying about, really. I knew I needed to be saved. I knew that, but I didn't know how to pray. I came to an altar like this. I was like, God, if you could save me, save me. That's what the prayer was, really. Save me. You know, I, I stood up. I didn't get no, you know, lightning flash, <laughs> thunder, and nothing like that. Big change, you know, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, I even told my wife. I was like, hey, baby, I went to the altar and I got saved. She's like, mm, really? <laughs> you need to show me. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. I was, a, I was an alcoholic bad. I could drink a fifth of liquor a night and go to work the next day. I was a functional alcoholic. I could smoke a pack of cigarettes, a pack, a pack, three packs a day. But when I got saved, I didn't notice it until three days later. I, I didn't have that taste for cigarettes any longer. 20 years I was trying to stop smoking. And one prayer, God delivered me. I didn't even have the taste, you know, for alcohol. And God delivered me. Listen, God could do that for you. And whatever your vice is, God could deliver you of that serpent today. Let me have every head bowed, every eye closed. Man, we're going to have a ball this week. I'm going to tell you. I can already feel when I come into church that God has been doing things in the church. There's prayers that went up and God heard those prayers and God is doing something completely different, amen, than from last time I was here. We're going to have a good time, amen. But first, let's get some things straight before God. Let's be honest with God.
God, I got issues. I'm a human. I'm not perfect. But Jesus, I I recognize who you are, that you died on the cross for me. You rose from the grave for me. And God, I'm coming to you this morning because I need you. If that's you in this place, amen, that you need Jesus, you need to make a decision, whether it's for yourself or for your, your family, your kids. I want you to raise your hand up real quick and put it back down. Amen. Real quickly, praise God for you. Hands going up. Praise God for you. Hands going up. Amen. Hands going up. Praise God for you. Amen. I see that hand. Hallelujah. Amen. See that hand. Amen. God wants to do something. He wants to save you, my friend. The devil, believe me, he wants to kill you. And, and, and you know, the horrible thing is he wants you to kill yourself. He wants you to check, choke yourself out, you know, spiritually. Jesus don't want that for you. Amen. Maybe you're a father in this place and you're the spiritual priest in your household. And there's stands that you need to make as a man. I'm going to tell you, when you make this decision here, you're going to make a stand, not just for yourself, but you're going to make it for your family, for your kids, for your wife. You're going to set these standards, amen, that they're going to begin to look at you totally different than the way you were. Because now, your founder of your faith is Jesus Christ. And it's going to mean something. You're going to make impact in your family. Amen. If you raise your hands up, amen, if you lift up your head real quickly as we move on. Once you come to the altar, amen, this, this evening. You remember, like I said, I went to the altar. I didn't know what to say. I just prayed, God, by faith, and God, he, he helped us. I want you to come out your seat. Come to the altar. Praise God for you. Christians, you're saved. I'm okay. I'm all right. But, you know, we still have sin. We're not perfect. God wants us to acknowledge our sin, our transgressions. You know, we violated God by doing our own thing. We need to come clean. We have iniquity. You know, what that is is the stain of sin, the sin that you've done. The residue of it is still on your soul. It's like red, crimson. If God was to look at you today, he'll see that iniquity on your soul. You need to come clean with God. Amen. I want to do something. I want us all to stand. I'm going to open these altars where you can come and give before God. Praise the Lord. This week, let's utilize the altar. If you read in the Bible, if you know anything about the Bible, that's where death happened at. That's where the blood ran at. The Bible says there's life in the blood. Jesus, he bled for you and I. His blood is still fresh 2,000 years later for you and I to utilize it. The priest in the tabernacle, he would make the sacrifice. The blood would be in the basin. It would be like in a bowl. But the priest would have to apply the blood. He would take the blood. He would sprinkle it. He would place some on his thumbs. He just didn't leave, you know, the blood in that basin, but he had to apply it himself. 
I'm telling you to come to the altar and apply the blood of Jesus. If you waiting on the words that I say and what I do up here on the stage, there's nothing I could do for you. But somewhere that you're going to have to make a decision to say, you know, I'm going to come to Jesus Christ. And that's what coming to the altar is about. Coming to Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead, sir. Amen. Let's stand. Let's sing this song out. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord. God, for who you are, God, and what you've done. We give you praise and we give you glory. God, we honor you, God. We adore you, God, this morning, Lord in heaven. And you are precious in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give me a few more moments. Ma'am, I don't know you. I don't know you from Adam in the garden. But God says that you've been through some things, family, and they've done some things, violations, some wrong that has been done to you. And he wants you to know he's seen it. He's seen it, and he knows it. But this morning, he's speaking to your heart. He's speaking to you to make that step out. Let those things go, because what can happen is those things can become rooted 
and different things begin to manifest in your life. And God says, no, no, not that. But he's calling you to a, a place where you can be set free in your heart and your mind. Where you can have that peace when you go to bed at night and not worry about anything. Amen. It makes sense to you? Amen. Jesus loves you. Amen. Amen. Can I pray for you? This your way? Amen. Come. Praise God. Let's pray for our sister. Father, I pray, God, for our sister right now, the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, this day, God, that you'll touch her. God, set her free in her mind, Father. I pray, God, I speak against, God, family curses, Lord. God, things that were done, violations, I pray, God, right now, God, this peace, uh, your precious blood sets her free. In the name of Jesus Christ this day, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise. Yes. Lord in heaven. Amen. You're in this place and you have a knee problem right now. I want to pray for you. Amen. If you come forward. Amen. If you, you have a lump in your body, I want to pray for you. A lump in your body that you can touch and you can feel. You know that there will be a difference uh, in your body. I was just telling Pastor this morning there was a young boy in Malaysia. And, and I prayed for this. this I, well, actually, I didn't even pray for him. I just was speaking to him uh, as he was standing before me, and he got healed in front of the whole church. You know, what Jesus can do. God can do that. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you don't have prayer, if you, you can take your seats. Praise God for you. Thank you for this morning. But I do need you to pray as we pray. Amen. Your pain is it right now. Raise your hands. Let's just pray. Amen. Help me pray, church. Father, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I pray, God, for her right now. God, your dominion. Father, I pray that you come break in. Father, in heaven, I pray her life. Oh, Father, God, take dominion, Lord. God, what has been made crooked, God, to make it straight this day. God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise. Amen. Believe God. Believe God. Amen. Yeah. Well, um, I, I do work at a shipyard. Yes. And, uh, I have to climb up ladders, up and down, in submarines and, and carriers. My knee sometimes bothers me. Okay. This thing here. Okay. Do it hurt right now? No. Okay. No. No. Okay. How about you, sir? Um, I'm an assist on my back right now. That's hereditary. And sometimes on days it does bother me. Okay. Um, right now it's not bothering me. Okay, we're going to believe God. Let me pray for him first, all right? Help me pray, church, amen. Take dominion over this pain. Father, I come against God, this infirmity, Lord, in heaven. God, to give him, Lord, God, peace, God, in his mind and deliverance. So, Father, I pray the blood of Jesus, God. God, over his knees, oh, I pray, God, help him, God, this very day. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen, amen, hallelujah. Thank you for letting me pray. Okay, uh, that cyst that's on your back, is it? Can you feel it? You can feel it right now? I, I feel it. Praise God. Are you saved? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, did you just say the prayer here? Or you just said it? Yes, sir. Well, praise God, man. Yeah, you, you just said the prayer. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to pray against some things that are, that are family. 
okay? Some, somewhere there was a door that was open. And that thing, amen, it came in, the serpent that came in and it's trying to take authority over you. Even as I speak, man, I can feel this thing on your back and it's like it raises up and goes back down. So what I'm going to say is uh, witchcraft. Some things that has been given uh, in your family. Is somebody in your family that's into that, like Ouija boards or anything of that nature? Tarot cards or yeah, this thing is like swelling up and going. Man, come feel it. Hallelujah, Father, I pray. Yep. Amen. I want you to say, Father, help me pray. Stretch your hands out, church. Say, Father, I come against Lord every family curse, every form of witchcraft. I renounce it right now. God, I believe your Son Jesus Christ died on the cross, and rose on the third day. And God, I speak, God, to this cyst this knot. I speak, God, a complete healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Father, I pray, God, against this thing, Lord, the blood of Jesus, God, I pray. Loosen him right now, you devil. I bind you. I cast you out of the blood of Jesus Christ sets him free right now. You spirit of doubt, I speak to you. You spirit of lying, I speak to you right now. Oh, you family curse, I speak to you and I cast you out. For there's life that is in the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ that sets us free this day. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Touch it. Go ahead and test it. Tell somebody. I feel very lifted. <laughs> like, this cyst, it's not bothering me anymore. I've been dealing with this cyst ever since I was 12, 13 years old. And I felt it growing inside me. And ever since I've been away from the church, I've just recently started coming back. I basically told myself I need to get back with the Lord. I want you to touch it. It's gone. The demons are gone. Let's give God praise. Father, you're worthy, Lord. God in heaven, I praise you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Listen, we don't know what God is going to do. Amen. God, the invisible, he knows. He knows every little thing, every little corner that might be dark, he knows. And he's wanting to shine light on those areas uh, to help us. Amen. We all need help. Amen. Set us free. Come back. Okay, bring somebody. We're going to have a good time this week. Pastor, if you'll come, sir. God bless. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people. Oh.